Yo, 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 what's poppin'? It's your girl Malia, and welcome back to Young and Opinionated. On today's episode, I let y'all pick our topics, and I'm gonna give my opinions on what y'all picked. If you want to be able to be a part of picking topics or asking questions, make sure you're following me on Instagram at the Malia Elaine or on TikTok at Malia Elaine. But I basically asked you guys, what do y'all want to talk about this week? And grouping some questions together that were in similar topics, we came up with college, internet toxicity, and how I ended up eating on TikTok, how that became my niche, if you will. I got a few questions on growing up mixed, growing up with divorced parents, being the oldest sibling, and I think that's really fascinating and I really want to dedicate a whole episode to those topics, so if you guys want that to be for our next episode, let me know because that was intriguing to me, but I didn't want to write off all the other comments that I had since the other ones were at a bigger abundance. So let's go ahead and get straight into it and let's deep dive into college, the college experience, what I wanted, what I gained from it, what I had as a college experience, as well as if I think you need college. So for me, going out of high school, coming out of high school, graduating, I didn't have the best grades. I think I had maybe a 3.0, but I really was just skimming by. I wasn't really focused on studying. Whatever was in my brain was in my brain, and I would just take the test. Um, Yeah, academics wasn't a major thing for me. I didn't have a specific major that I wanted to go to college for. I didn't really care when it came to thinking about where I wanted to go to school. I was thinking about places that was going to give me the best experience, the best opportunity, the best friends, the best living on campus experience, and not so much the best grades, you know? So I really wanted to go to UNLV because they had a great dance team. I had seen their dance team do really viral videos on Twitter that got me excited. Um, I wanted to go to San Jose State because I had family up there. It was a good way for me to get away with not going too far away. And I also wanted to go to um, San Diego State. And I knew that was a party school. A part of me really did want to be in a sorority and I knew... SDSU was known for that so I was like okay that's a cool way for me to get involved with that if I was going to go away to school those were the schools I wanted to go to and lucky for me I applied to all three and I got in on to all three so that was really exciting for me having that option knowing I did it opening letters getting the acceptance so that was great the next step was to my parents let me apply wherever they didn't they didn't really question it. I asked for the certain amount of money to apply and they were like, okay, are you sure? They, they gave me more of a number, like you can apply to three schools or whatever, but not so much you, they weren't sticklers on where I could apply. They wanted to make sure I was also applying to community college as a backup plan and my local college as a backup plan. Um, because I knew I wanted to go far and they're like, just have something here just in case. And so I applied to those three. Once I got in, I talked to them. Uh, 
they weren't really down for any of them. My mom was supportive, but at the end of the day, my dad was so much like, you are going to these schools to party. We do not need to be paying for you to party somewhere. That was his mindset. Like, you don't care about academics. All you want is the roommate. All you do is want to move out. All you want to do is move away. And all you want to do is party. College isn't about that. College is about the education. And I was like, oh, college is about a little bit of all of that, okay? But he wasn't having that. So I ended up not going. I We didn't, uh, we applied for financial aid and didn't get anything. So that was another major point. Like, because they would have to pay for it. If I would have gotten financial aid to cover a school, I would have been there. But you want this much for tuition. You want this much to live there. You want this much for out of state. You want this much because I'm a freshman and I have to dorm. It's like, oh my gosh, adds up. It's like, Lord have mercy. That's rent, you know? So I ended up not going away to school. I went to junior college. Now, when it came to junior college, I was able to choose from my local junior college or my junior college that was about 10 miles away, I would say, 7 to 10 miles away. And everyone from my high school went to that local junior college. And I was like, I don't want to go to high school part two. I want it to be different. I'm an Aquarius. I need it to be different. And so I was like, nah, I'm going to go to the school a little bit further away. And I did that. I went for my first year. I had like two classes on campus per day, two Monday, Wednesday, two Tuesday, Thursday. I'd commute there, stay on campus in between my classes and then commute home after. And on the weekends, I wasn't really making any friends at my junior college, so then I would hang out with all my friends who didn't go away for from high school, all those friends. And it was fun or whatever, but I still just felt like my parents were like on my ass. I felt like there was no getting away from them and that like they were just watching my every move, as well as I was having to take my sister to school every day. 7 a.m. even though my earliest class wasn't until 12 30 so that was annoying to me I was like especially because she was like in eighth grade at the time and our school the school was like a block away and so I was like she can walk like you know I was just being stubborn I didn't want to have to wake up and take her every morning and so my sophomore year we came up with this contract it might have been after semester one Honestly, I think it was after semester one of junior college. I believe it was because I was looking for classes. I was looking for classes for the next semester. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to take an 8 a.m. And if she needs to be dropped off by 745 and you don't want her sitting around early before school, then somebody else is going to have to take her because I have to already be on my way to school. And they were like, "Okay, well, we're going to have to figure out this whole situation. But I also had like expressed other concerns and stuff like, oh, well, you guys are like my curfew is like 11 o'clock on the weekends. I'm in college now. Like you guys wouldn't really know where I would be if I would have been away from school. I wouldn't have all these check in points. And so my parents actually my mom facilitated, but they sat down and wrote me a contract and it basically said, um, 
if I do my chores, then I get these freedoms. If I did this, I did get this. If I do this, I get this. And I get to live in the house for free. I was like, well, yeah, I hope I get to live in the house for free. You didn't let me go away to school. So the contract was all cool when it benefited me. It was annoying when it held me accountable. And then second semester, I realized, not realized, but like my aunt and uncle had expressed me multiple times that I could come live with them, that they had an extra bedroom, an extra bathroom, and they lived two minutes away from my junior college. And they had said it, I just hadn't taken them up on it. And when I got annoyed enough with my home situation as far as like just wanting freedom, I was like, cool, this can be my home away from home. This could be my little dorm. It was kind of excessive. It's like, okay, Malia, just drive your little 25 minutes back home. But it was also nice to bond with my aunt, uncle, have that freedom, have that space. And yeah, so from, I believe, second semester ever in junior college all the way until COVID hit, I was living at my aunt and uncle's house. And it was really nice. They were really close. I didn't have to wake up as early to commute there. Um, my uncle loves to cook, so he was teaching me how to cook. Every day when I'd come home from school, we'd watch Food Network, find a show, like find a recipe, cook, eat. I would chill in their pool. Like they gave me like free reign. They didn't really care. I'd be like, oh, I'm going out with friends. Okay, have fun. I was like, oh, this is nice. This is real nice. And then COVID hit, so I was like, well, I can do school from home. I might as well move back home, right? Because I would miss my sister. I would miss my mom and stuff. I was like, okay, it might be good that didn't go away because I can't even handle four days without talking to y'all. So COVID hit my last semester at junior college. I took those last classes online, and then it was finally time for me to transfer to my four-year. I again went through the process of trying to get away and go away to school didn't happen this time I got into some schools I still didn't get into like SDSU I did I think I forgot to say that SDSU was the only school I never got into both times that I applied I was like dang but this time going as a transfer student I thought I was it was it should be smooth I think I had a 3.75 like come on now let me in let me in and I still wasn't getting in. But yeah, I ended up still going to the four-year university that was down the street from my junior college. Still commutable. Still right there. No major party life because it's a commuter school. So that was fun. And it wasn't until my last semester on campus of my whole undergraduate that we were now in person. So I spent the first year and a half with online classes. So when it comes to college experience and college memories, I literally have none. Um, I went to about two or three basketball games because that was my last semester. And I was like, might as well. If it helps, I, I pre-gamed them. I, yeah, I don't know. Really boring. I did meet my college best friend. She will be on the podcast eventually. Shout out Marissa. But that's the, she's the only thing to come out of college with me. I don't have anything else. No major stories, nothing really boring. But as far as what college taught me, I would say that college taught me time management. College taught me responsibility, accountability, 
Your professors aren't going to remind you of assignments that they put on the syllabus. It is up to you to read it, understand it, and come to them if you have problems. I did learn how to advocate for myself if I had a problem with a professor, if I had a problem with an assignment, a, a group teammate or whatever. Um, yeah, but honestly, if you don't need college, don't stress college. I don't know. That's I'm still just a 22-year-old girl. I've only graduated six months ago, but I would say there's those main jobs that it's like, all right, don't try to be a nurse without college. Don't try to be a lawyer without college. But I don't know. I just think you can learn on the job. And at this point, it's like the job. I don't know. I really don't know. The job market that trying to get a job right now is so competitive. It's like, even if you have a college degree, you still ain't getting jobs. It's like, are you kidding me? I hope those people that have like the really competitive, really hard majors they're getting jobs easily because there's no way I'm being a bio major and struggling to find a job post-grad. Like, that is ridiculous. I hope nurses are having an easy time finding jobs, lawyers, easy time finding jobs. But I don't know. The reason I picked comm as my major was I always started off as kinesiology, then I switched to business, and then I ended up in communications, and then I specialized in advertising. And I was like, you know what? If I could learn how to talk and speak up for myself, speak up for somebody, speak up for a cause, learn how to hold myself in a respectful, responsible, adult manner, I could get through an interview process. If I can articulate, I can get through an interview process. I can land the job and they can train me to do the job for the most part, for the jobs that I was going to be going after, the jobs I wanted. So that was my thought process on it. I honestly did college because that was what was in my little plan of my life, you know, graduate high school, go to college and move on to getting a job, getting engaged, getting married, having a kid. Like I did was trying to do everything by the book, trying to do everything in order. So that's honestly why I did it. I also did it because everyone else was doing it. And I was like, well, I don't have a plan B. If you're not going to go to college, make sure you have a plan B. <laughs> Don't just don't go to college and be like, all right, it's summer forever. <laughs> I would also recommend really going after a major that suits you. Take time to fully understand your major, what jobs you can get out of it, how long you need to be in school, does this require a master's? All those are important questions to go over when I wanted to be a kinesiology major. I only wanted to be a kinesiology major because I wanted to be in sports medicine and a physical trainer because I wanted to find my husband on the field or on the court. That I saw, what is, it, what is that movie? Just Right. I saw that movie and I was like, yup, yup, that's what I want. So I was like, you know, that's not the right way of picking your major. I did like some of the classes, but as far as learning about everything in the body and getting a master's, I was like, is this something that I actually like doing or I just like what the, what I think the end goal could be? <laughs> that's not it. And then I did business because my mom did business and I didn't really know what else to do if it wasn't kinesiology. And then I was like in my general ed classes and I was like, I love my speech classes. If that means my last two years of college are full of speech classes, calm classes. Like, I like these types of classes. So I went with it. 
I was able to land an advertising job, a marketing job right out of college, lucky for me, and I quit it within a month. <laughs> so it's like, does it mean everything's going to work out perfect and you're going to love everything, but make sure you're enjoying the process. I'm going to transition into my, how I ended up eating on TikTok, how I found the outlet of TikTok and everything, because I've always said I loved social media and I never in a million years would think that my page was actually just mukbangs and food and taste testing, but I have expressed to you guys, if you've listened to other podcasts, episodes, but I have... When I was asked what your dream job would be, what would it be, and all these things, I was like, oh, I'd love to travel the world. Why can't I talk? I would love to travel the world and taste test food. And I was like, well, how are you getting closer to that goal? And I was like, well, I'm not doing nothing. So that was a piece of what made me actually take TikTok seriously as far as taste testing and reviewing foods. But on the other side, to get a little into it with y'all, I was struggling eating. We're going to get intimate here. Um, I was struggling eating. uh, I've never had like a diagnosed eating disorder or anything. I would just say I've had an obstructed relationship with food. And it's never been because of what I look like or worried about my body, worried about calories or anything like that. I don't know really what it is. I think I think I had some childhood trauma around food. Um, my dad would not let me get up from the table until I finished my plate, but yet I didn't make the portion of my plate, so sometimes the portion was a little bit more than I was hungry for, and so I was like force eating like he never like put the spoon to my mouth or anything but he thought I wanted to like get up and play and not just focus on eating when it was time to eat because my mom used to let me on Fridays only I could take a bite and go when I was little little like four years old I wouldn't want to have to sit down and stop playing to eat dinner so I would take a bite go play come back she'd like remind me every five minutes come back take a bite go play And my dad hated it. He was like, no, she needs to learn how to sit down and eat a meal. So then when we'd sit down, he'd have these big portions, whether I liked the food or not. It was in front of me. I had to finish all of it before I got up. I'd be the last one sitting at the dinner table. I'd be sitting there all day. They would have all been like showered and on the couch watching a movie and I was still sitting at the dinner table. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. Or like if I ate a snack before dinner because it was going to mess up my appetite, I would get in trouble. So I don't know if those things play into it, but I really started struggling to actually eat whole meals. I was always snacking or being so, so hungry, finally getting a meal in front of me and then nitpicking at it and eating half. It's still to this day hard for me to tell you when I finished whole meals, but that was something I came on TikTok and I said, It was one of the first videos that um, went viral for me and I said, I want to document me eating to hold myself accountable to nourishing my body, eating my food, but also not putting so much stress and pressure on finishing the meal. But hopefully if I was sitting there talking to the camera, that it would be kind of distracting and I would just be able to eat and not feel so overwhelmed. I feel like that's what it is. I get overwhelmed by the size of my plate or I get grossed out by textures 
Um, I have a weird thing with chicken sometimes. I have a weird thing with eggs sometimes. But yet raw fish, sushi, that can go down the hatch so easily because I just think it's so light. Versus like greasy fried foods, I sometimes I'm like, Ugh. But at the same time, I love McDonald's. I love Taco Bell. So I really don't fully understand where I fall as far as my relationship with food. But when I first started eating on TikTok, I explained that right off the bat. And it means so, so much to me when other girls and guys are messaging me saying, you helped me eat today. I can't, I look forward to your videos every day to sit down and eat with you. It really helps me. I'm like, wow, like I am making a difference like that, like warms my heart because I know what that struggle struggle feels like. I also, um, in my later years of college, dibble dabbled in 420 experiences and those made it first of all it was covid so I was like you know what like we're not leaving the house all day all my friends have tried it let me try it as a stress relief as a make it easier to fall asleep and then food started tasting real good and then I didn't want to have a meal without it to then I couldn't have a meal without it and I was, I was really trying to break away from that I was like no 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 this isn't good I was already struggling this is not good and still to this day I struggle with it sometimes because I'm like oh do I want to dibble dabble in 420 experiences before I eat this meal no I don't need it just eat it Malia you will still enjoy it but yeah, something I still struggle every day with and I'm working on every day. There's things we can all do every day in our lives to help ourselves out and benefit benefit ourselves in many ways. And for me, it has been recently, within the last year, like really focusing on getting three meals a day. Not two snacks in a meal, not five snacks in a meal, not five huge meals, three good nutritious meals with those snacks still in between but yeah I always assumed that eating disorders went hand in hand with like self-confidence looking at yourself in the mirror and feeling like it was going to do harm to your body and mine was never that I literally would get nauseous or grossed out or just I've even said I get tired of the flavors and it will make me nauseous like Having a big portion of one thing, I get tired of that flavor. Like, I love appetizers because I get to try a bunch of different things, small portions, and not feel overwhelmed. I legit get overwhelmed by food sometimes. And having a distraction like TikTok and talking to the platform, I didn't know it was going to help me in so many ways, but it helped me in so many ways. I hope that everyone listening sees how food is fuel to the body. It is energy. It helps you keep going and that you deserve a healthy relationship with food. Food is delicious. Don't feel bad for eating it. Just enjoy it. I don't know. Like it's, I know it's so weird and it's touchy for so many people, but I hope if you visit my TikTok page, and you sit down and eat a meal with me if you're struggling with something like this, I hope it can help you. That literally like warms my heart whenever I find out that it actually wasn't just a video on TikTok for someone that they scrolled past and that it meant something to them and it helps them. As far as me being on TikTok, I have gotten the question 
multiple times and I honestly get kind of I honestly get kind of baffled by it but I get the question of how do I handle hate and when I say I am blessed to be in the position that I'm in I mean I am blessed the amount of hate that I get in a day is microscopic and I I don't know why I, I, I feel like I'm not some crazy controversial page um even though I love talking about controversial topics I feel like my genuine self comes off as relatable and that I'm not ever trying to do any hurt or foul or point a finger or be judgmental so I feel like people do the same for me which I appreciate and I love so much like I've always said on here I hope that We all can like make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and not be held down by those mistakes every single day. I think humans should have the chance to grow and that's the whole thing. Like if I was still making the same mistakes I was making at five, six, seven, eight, like I'm going to make different mistakes at different points in my life and I just hope I can grow and be accepted for growing from that. But yeah, the hate that I get is so microscopic and I don't pay it any attention. Um, Why feed the fuel? People who are talking with reckless mouths are going through things on their own and I don't need to poke the bear. I don't need to bring attention to things. Just I don't see the purpose in it. I would never take time out of my day to go try to hurt somebody. So it does hurt when someone does it to me, but at the same time, I know that they must be going through something in their life. And if this is their outlet to get it out, be my guest. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I handle hate because I don't handle hate because I have lovely people who don't hate on me. (laughs) And I thank God every day because I don't know how I'll hate with it, deal with it. Um, I will need to grow some thick skin and deal with coping mechanisms, find coping mechanisms and keep it pushing because you can't let anyone stop you from doing what you want to do. I feel like that leads us into the internet toxicity, cancel culture, if you will. Um, I understand cancel culture. I don't understand cancel culture. I don't back cancel culture. Uh, I think because we consume so much media in a day, we get invested. I am invested in every single 2016, 2018 era YouTuber, vlog, YouTuber, lifestyle, YouTuber, beauty, YouTuber uh, couples. Oh my gosh, YouTube couples. I want to know their kids' names. I want to know their gender reveals. Like I want to know so many things. And so we get entitled to feeling like we need to know or have the right to know what's going on in someone else's lives we have the kardashians showing us every step of the way the stuff that's fun shiny and pretty and the stuff that's ugly but a lot of the time we don't see that ugly side because who wants to show that off no one no one wants to show that off but we always feel like we deserve answers and we have the right to answers And we also like you're seeing everyone's peaks. You're seeing everyone start their business. You're seeing people graduate college. You're not seeing the hard days. And so it's just so easy to judge and put this persona on someone that's not who they are because 
of what you're piecing together from their lives. But I don't stand by cancel culture. I think it's actually disgusting. Um, Not letting people grow is just like, you just want a world of terrible people, people filled with hate. Like you pour all that hate into a single soul. Like, oh, it just makes me cringe. Like let people grow. People need to be held accountable. Yes, people need to take some time to grow. You can't say you grew overnight. You also can't keep doing the same thing that was bad over and over again and not take any responsibility. But just this whole like we have the power to end your life and all your happiness is just like so ridiculous. I do understand like a lot of people's heart and souls are on the internet because that's how they make their living. That's how they express themselves that's their piece of happiness so when it does get taken or every supporter becomes a hater it's like oh my gosh but this cancel culture is a fancy word for cyberbullying and people all of a sudden listen up and take it a little bit more serious when bullying is a part of the word so it got taken up a lot easier as oh it's just cancel culture and we we bond over this like no it is cyberbullying the person on the other end of that phone is not having a good time there it's damaging to their mental health i've never understood it i honestly got to see cancel culture very up close and personal i was friends with somebody who became famous on the internet overnight uh became a little ungrateful i would say or just like didn't understand the power of the internet and got canceled immediately and she was messing with powers that were bigger than her she was messing with someone who had a whole lot more followers and so when all those people come flying at you telling you all these things like why is it becoming what what could someone do on the silly little internet that deserves death threats like yes I can name some things that like no I couldn't name some things that deserve death threats like what what are we doing these people still can learn and grow from these mistakes, but we cut them off and don't let them. Like it was so terrible to see. It's like, yes, a mistake was made, but does th- is that going to tear you down for the rest of your life? Are you never going to be able to move past this? Are you going to have people reminding you of that one mistake over and over and over and over and over for the rest of your life? Like this is ridiculous. Cases like Sienna, uh, May, I, I don't even understand all of it, but it's just like when things like take over the internet, I don't know. I didn't even really follow her or anything, but you know, viral videos, they just pop up on your For You page. And when I tell you at some point when her cancel, whatever was all over everywhere, I mean, it was every video I was swiping through. I was like, I'm not even watching these videos so that they can get off my algorithm. And they were just everywhere. I, I can think of a million people, but I can't think of a million people. But when we cancel people, I mean, they are talked about endlessly. (laughs) Cancel culture is only one of many things that make up the toxic internet environment. I would say another one is definitely 
they go hand in hand. Filters and body shaming. Um, filters can be dangerous because you get used to seeing yourself in this certain way that you feel ugly without them. You feel like not the best version of yourself. Cancel culture is just one aspect of internet toxicity and a lot more plays into the toxic environment that is on the internet. I think one of them, they kind of go hand in hand. It is filters and body shaming. Filters can be dangerous because you get so used to seeing yourself in this pristine way or what you could look like if you got the lip filler, what you could look like if you got the cheek filler, all these things, the perfect eyebrows, the perfect lash. You get used to seeing yourself like that and then you don't feel as confident without it and it's like, oh, I'm not going to post with, I can't post without the filter. And why I say I think that goes hand in hand with body shaming or like self-confidence, I would say, maybe not body shaming, is like you're constantly seeing a certain body, a perfect body, um, whether it's the skinny petite body or if it's the slim thick body, you're always seeing this beauty standard. Beauty standard is probably a better word than body shaming. You're constantly seeing this beauty standard and you're trying to uphold it. You're trying to get yourself there or the pressures to get there or the pressures of, I love my body, but what happens if I post it on the internet and it's so different than anybody else's because nobody else with that same body is showing it, even though other people have it, what am I going to get judged for? And I hate, 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 hate. I cringe. It's like nails on a chalkboard when I see a beautiful woman embracing her body and I'm over here liking it like you killed that bikini. You looked amazing. And I see the top comment is you're so confident to show your body like that. Why is it that she's so confident to show her body like that or at your size? That's more of it. At your size or you're so confident for being plus size. You're so confident for showing your acne. You're so confident for whatever. And it's like a dig. That is not a compliment anymore. You are literally pointing out my insecurities or not even my insecurities, but you're pointing out something instead of just calling me beautiful at the end of the day. Like, just call me beautiful. Why do the beautiful girls get to be just told they're beautiful? Not you're so beautiful for being skinny. You're so beautiful for being thick. I'm so beautiful for being a big girl or whatever it is. I hate those comments. They hurt my soul. I All I can think of is what that creator is going to feel like when they see it. A lot of people will type up stuff so quickly and be so hateful on the internet and it's the same people that don't have or the want don't have don't want to put themselves on social media. They're so quick to judge people that are on social media. I felt like posting this. I wanted to post this. I'm confident enough to post this. But you're going to sit behind your screen at your house and type up something because of why why it would have taken less energy and less time out of your day to just like or keep scrolling than to actually articulate words that were hateful and put that underneath a post I find that disgusting at the end of the day you have to wake up and look in the mirror and be happy with the person that you are and this goes for both sides the haters who are spending all their time out of their day that they could be doing the time that is spent typing those words could be you could be typing writing a book over something you're passionate about you could be working on your abs instead of texting your friends oh my gosh I look fat or whatever it is anything that you don't like about yourself if you're saying I feel like 
my skin would look so much better if I drink more water or I'm not getting a good night's sleep. All those things you could be doing instead of hating on somebody. Better yourself. Work on yourself. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. It literally does not matter. It does not matter what anybody else is doing if it doesn't affect your life. It does not affect your life. Just move on and better yourself. All we can do is better ourselves. And that's something I'm realizing. I have some bad habits. We talked about this, what, last week, two weeks ago. Bad habits and wanting to work on them and always making excuses and motivation versus dedication and termination, all that stuff. I've put myself on a 60-day challenge. We are on day five of my 60-day challenge. I turn 23 when I started. I turned 23 in 60 days from the day I started. So I wanted to implement some good habits, some things to hold myself responsible to and see what could happen if I actually held strong to this for 60 days. It takes 21 days to make a habit. 30 days, you'll start feeling real confident in that habit. 45 days, imagine what 60 days could do. Me in the gym for 60 days, imagine the results I could see. So I've put myself on a 60-day challenge. If you want to join in now or if you want to start your 60 days and you'll end a little bit later than mine, we can all keep each other accountable. I can let you know how my week is going. As of right now, these are the few things that I have on my 60-day challenge. I want to wake up. At this point, I want to keep it in the morning because I think that's the calmest way to get it done and make sure it doesn't get left behind. But I want to spend five minutes on my gratitude journal, writing down things I'm grateful for, having some mindfulness first thing in the morning and not just immediately connecting to my phone. Write down some things I'm grateful for. Write down how great the last day was or what your peak in the last day was, what's something you're excited for today. Um, I also want to wake up at 8 a.m. letting myself have this dream job chase that I'm on I feel productive when I get the three things on my to-do list done instead of embracing all the time of the day I have to try so many different things to attempt so many different things I'm just like oh I got the three things I needed to get done today done and I feel fulfilled I feel productive And so that means I would let myself sleep until noon, not get out of bed until noon, not start my day fully until noon because, oh, I only have to do these three things. No, wake up at 8 a.m., make time for all the things that you've been too lazy to do or you didn't have time to do because you were sleeping half the morning away. So I'm making myself wake up at 8 a.m. Whether I have stuff to do or not, I can find things to keep myself busy with that will better myself. As far as budgeting, I'm trying to not get Starbucks. I have a million ingredients here at home to make my favorite coffees, matchas, and chais, and that's what I get at Starbucks. For some reason, I get Starbucks, I will pay the $8 for the drink, and I will take three sips and not finish it, and I'll feel guilty over spending that money, but I will continuously do it. So as of right now, I'm just cutting out Starbucks for the next 60 days. If someone else buys it for me, sure, cool. If I really need it or it's just the vibe for that day, cool. But I was doing it on the daily and that's just excessive. It's money wasted. I'm trying to learn how to cook. So I want to learn how to cook um, three meals a day. Even if I'm not learning a new recipe, I just want to be eating at home a little bit more. It's a way of saving money and everything um, and just practicing cooking. I'm over here burning eggs. Like I need to, I need to get it together. You feel me? I am taking a break from smoking I'm taking a break from the 420 activities Um, I am 22 years old going on 23 it is legal in the state of California 
it's been legal since I've tried it. Um, but yeah, I don't find it as a necessity. It is nice when needed or whatever, when wanted, I should say, but it's not something I need and it does make me less productive. So we're going to get that out of there and drinking 64 ounces of water a day. Now I know I could be drinking more than that, but I didn't want to overwhelm myself with too many things. So 64 has been good. I've never went to the restroom so much TMI, but I'm like, well, I'm hydrated. At least I can say. So, so far it's been great. I did already mess up on some of these, but it's not about, did you do it every day? And oh, the day you don't do one of them, you quit the whole thing. You still try to fight and make this a habit. You still try to work and make this a habit. So was there some days that I slept terribly and I let myself sleep until 9, 9 30, 10 o'clock? Yes. There's been two days out of the five, but the other three I stayed strong for. So I was proud of myself for the three that I did instead of moping on the days that I didn't. Uh, my gratitude journal, I went to Jamal's house. I forgot it. Just because you don't have the journal doesn't mean you can't be grateful. I still took that time of the day to just sit in my thoughts and be grateful. I wrote them in my phone instead of my having my physical journal. Oh, I skipped over one of the points. I have a daily devotional to better my relationship with God. I don't f- think I'm the most religious person. I wouldn't, I grew up Christian my whole life, going to church every Sunday, but I don't know, that just doesn't feel right for me in my adulthood, but I still want a relationship with the big man upstairs. So I'm working on it day by day with a daily devotional. That book didn't get delivered until two days into my challenge. And so I was looking up the quote of the day on Google and just going off of that. Um, When I was on my period, I was not stressing too much about my workouts or I'd say, oh, well, I didn't work out today. Well, guess what? It's four workouts per week, not four per day, not one a day. So like you still have three days to give yourself some grace. Just try to get in there. And when you get in there, go for it. Like don't just walk in and walk out because you don't want to be there. Really push yourself. Did I want to go today? No, I've had the worst stomach aches, stomach pain. I did not want to go today, but I went and I felt good after going. So yeah, that's what I'm doing to better myself. And hopefully by 23, I'll like what I'm doing. If I want to live at the next level, if I want to be my best self, I need to be doing things daily to get there. I, there was some quote that I heard that's like, uh, you can't just want to be a millionaire. You've got to put in the work to be a millionaire. You got to live the lifestyle of getting there, you know? So it's little things. Uh, yeah, that's how I'm going to wrap up today. Thank you so much for writing in and helping me think of topics that we could talk about today. Um, stay tuned for next week. If you're following me on Instagram at the Malia Elaine, you can write into next week's episode. I eventually need to make a young and opinionated Instagram so that can just be for this podcast but as of right now I am just using my own platform you will see it announced on my Instagram and on the podcast when there is a specific Instagram just for our friends here at Young and Opinionated but thank you so much for listening if you made it to this point I really really appreciate you and love you and I'll see y'all next week bye guys